listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Life Church. Glad you're with us. Today, I am rocking the Oklahoma State University hoodie. It is hoodie time. And today, I am representing Oklahoma State. Why? Because I have friends. I have family members in Oklahoma, and I know you're watching. So, I'm wearing it, all right? Hey, one of the greatest things that I love being is a grandpa, because I'm learning these new things. My granddaughter loves for me to chase her around the house. She loves to hide from me. She loves to uh, for me to chase her. And then when I get close, she likes to change direction. She just doesn't want to be caught. She doesn't want me to catch her. Did you know that money is kind of the same way? We chase hard after it. And when we get close to it, it changes directions. The closer you get to obtaining money, and some of us, we catch it, and then we want more. Man, that's how money is. And unfortunately, chasing money and chasing more Well, it becomes a real rat race. We spend a lot of energy on something that we can never quite seem to catch. And it's anything but fair, and it's anything but fun. But I'm going to tell you something. God wants something that's much better for us. God invites us into a much more purposeful chase. Money's not a bad thing. You know that. Actually, I I taught on this last year. Money's neutral. Money's not good or bad. Money has no feelings one way or the other. The chasing of money, the pursuit of money, the love of money, that's where we get ourselves in trouble. And that's what Paul was addressing Timothy about. You remember the false teachers? They were teaching for gain. They wanted more. And so they taught. They were teaching false teaching in order to get more. And today, we see that happen a lot even in our culture. People wanting to get more. I have to raise my hand because sometimes I want more. I chase more. We have to be really careful about this because if we're going to pursue and love money so much, we're going to get ourselves in some pretty deep trouble. So let's see what Paul said to Timothy. Let's open up God's Word. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to look at a couple verses we looked at last week, and then we're going to press on all the way to verse 10. All right, here we go. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, last week we talked about godliness, but we really didn't stress a whole lot about contentment. In order to be content, it means to be satisfied with what you have. If we're going to pursue godliness, 
we're going to have to learn to be content and be free from the chasing after of more, more materialism, more wealth, more stuff, more things. I think you know what I'm talking about. So let me ask you a question, a tough one. How content are you with what you have? If I was to ask you, are you materialistic or greedy? How would you respond? I think most of us would be kind of afraid of that question. And most of us would like to say that we're not overly all that materialistic or overly all that greedy. But in 2022, listen to this, there was $887 billion worth of credit card debt. 54% of people carry over a huge credit card balance from month to month. The national average, you ready for this, is just about $6,500. $6,500 that people carry over on credit card debt. A lot of us, well, you know, we have the option of the $500,000 house or the $350,000 house, but we really know that the $200,000 house will meet our needs. But which one do we want? Which one do we pursue? We do that with cell phones. We do it with just about cars, everything else. A lot of people are chasing after more. We're trying to keep up with culture. We're trying to keep up with, you know, everybody else has one. So why shouldn't I have one also? And simply, people are living way outside of their means. Today, the pursuit of money, the love of money, is actually getting so many of us to live on more than we're actually making, and we're actually driving up our debt every single month. So, the passage is talking about contentment. How can we be satisfied with what we have? Honestly, are you content with what you have, or are you pursuing more? Well, first of all, let's talk about contentment. To be content, it's going to be hard in this, in this society because it breeds discontentment. Everything you look at is talking to you about you need more. You have to have more. This has been around a really long time. You could go all the way back to, well, Genesis. Chapter 3, in the garden, Adam and Eve. And what is the serpent? What is the adversary telling Adam and Eve? Boy, if you'll just eat of this tree, you will have more. There it is. You're going to have more knowledge. You're going to be like God. Isn't that our society today? You need this, okay, for your skin, or you need this for your education. You need this for your job. You have to have this type of house this type of car, and all this so you can be just like everyone else. And what happens is even Christians, we get into this rat race of pursuing and chasing more. That's why our culture, it breeds this dissatisfaction with what you have. So the second thing, if we're going to learn to be content, the Apostle Paul said he had learned to be content, whether he had a lot, whether he had a little, whether he had a lot of food, a little of food, it didn't make a difference. He learned to be content. So this whole idea of contentment, we can learn. 
What we also have to understand, though, is that if we're going to remain content, that material things can really honestly never bring us true contentment. See, we were designed by God to always want more, that there's something else, there's more out there that I want to have, except in God's economy, in God's plan, his purpose, it was never meant to be materialistic things. It was be more of him. Are you wanting more of him today? Is that where your discontentment is? Are you wanting more of him? Or are you wanting more of stuff? Even Jesus talked about this. Jesus said that you can't, what, serve, pursue, want money and God. Paul said, I've learned to be content with whatever circumstances I find myself in. What we have to do is learn to be content in our relationship with God and understand that God is going to take care of you. So how does that work? How are you and I going to make that work? When we're going to be content in our relationship with Jesus, what we're going to understand is that we're going to trust in God's sovereignty. That means that God is going to do whatever God wants to do, and God is going to give you whatever you need, and God is going to take care of you because he says he will. We use the Old Testament story of Job a lot, all right? He was somebody, obviously, because of his circumstances, he had a lot, and it was taken away from him. And God showed Job what it was to be content in him. And when Job got the lesson, when Job understood what God was trying to do, that Job would rely on God for everything, God took care of him. I'm not promising this to you, but God blessed him with more than he ever had before because he learned to be content. He learned to trust God and know that God was sovereign over everything. One of the other things that comes along with contentment and understanding that God is sovereign is we have to learn this also. Not only learn to be content, but learn to be thankful for what you got. Some of you have a lot. Be thankful. Some of you are struggling today. Be thankful. Be thankful for whatever God has given you and be faithful with whatever he has given you. Do you practice a life of thanks? Are you thanking him today for whatever job you have, for whatever money you have, whatever possessions you have? Are you being thankful in your spirit or are you saying, I'm bitter and I want more? Those are hard questions, aren't they? They're difficult, especially when we're talking about materialism. When we can learn to be content and when we can trust God's sovereignty and when we're thankful for whatever he's given us, then you're going to be free from the love of money. And we're also, at the same time, we're going to see that there's something bigger out there than just stuff. I call it the eternal perspective. And I've talked about this a lot of times. Alexander the Great, you've probably heard of him, okay? He was a huge general. He conquered a lot of the world back then. And this is what he said. I want you to hear what he said. He said, when I am dead and I'm carried from my buyer." I want to make sure that my hands are not wrapped in cloth. 
I want them laid outside of my body because I want everyone to see that they're empty. That's exactly what Paul was telling Timothy. You're not taking a dime with you. Even Alexander the Great, probably the richest man during that time, most powerful man who always wanted more, recognized that when he died, that was it, and he wasn't taking anything with him. Wasn't it Jesus that did say that we're not to store up for ourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal? And then he told us to accumulate treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy. That's that eternal perspective. It's investing in the things of eternity. What's your focus today? Are you storing up treasures here on earth? Or are you having an eternal perspective like Paul said that we should have? When you have this contentment from God and you understand that he's sovereign and you get that he is again over it all, we can learn to simplify. We don't always need the biggest and the best. Paul was saying that I'm satisfied with what I have. I have the necessities of life. And and then Paul tells Timothy, look, if you've got a house and you've got clothing and you've got food, is that enough? Can I live without my cell phone today? I don't know. I'm not sure I could. Simplify. This is what Jesus also said. I love this verse in Matthew 6. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. That's that eternal perspective. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all the rest of the stuff will be added to you. When we seek first the kingdom of God, I not only believe God takes care of our needs, but he blesses us too. You're familiar with the Ten Commandments, right? Should we quiz ourselves? Okay. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. All right? You got that one, right? Two, you shall not make for yourself an idol, right? Three, you shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. Four, keep the Sabbath day holy. Five, honor your mom and dad. Six, thou shalt not murder. Seven, commit adultery. Eight, thou shalt not steal. Nine, you shall not bear false witness. Do you remember the tenth one? It's the one we all tend to forget once in a while. Thou shalt not what? You remember? Covet. You realize that if we covet the tenth one, right, it makes us guilty of the other nine. I never thought about it that way. You're going, what are you talking about? Look, if you covet today, if you want more and you're driven by more, you are more than likely violating all other of the nine other commandments. Let's go through it again. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you're coveting money, Jesus said you cannot serve God and money at the same time. Violation, right? Second, you should not make for yourself an idol. Colossians says it's greed that amounts to idolatry. Interesting, right? Number three, you shall not take the Lord, your God's name in vain. How many of you have cursed when you've lost a lot of money? Number four, How many of us, okay, are so busy pursuing other things in our life that we forget to keep the Sabbath day holy? Number five, 
honor your moms and dads, man, I'll tell you, it's so quick and it happens so often. How many family arguments are there about money? Start talking about inheritances and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, your kids are mad at their moms and their dads. And you've seen it. I've seen it. Six, thou shalt not murder. Hmm. I wonder how many murders out there have a motivation of money. Adultery. (laughs) How many people are chasing the wrong person because they have more? I don't know. Thou shalt not steal. I wonder again, you know, you get, are you getting my point? Thou shalt not bear false witness. I wonder how many people lie about. Look, coveting and wanting more, the pursuit of more is a huge thing. And Paul says, okay, if you want to pursue godliness, you're going to have to learn to be what? Content. And that's what we've talked about this morning. Man, I hope you got something from it. I hope it was, wow. Thank you, God, okay, for reminding me to be content with whatever I have. Be like Paul. Learn to be content. God, thanks for our time together. Thank you again for Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this strong teaching from 1 Timothy 6 that reminds us to learn to be content. God, help me to do that. Help those that are listening. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. Okay. I want to invite you back next time because we are going to look at three words that I think can change your life. All right. Until then, we'll see you. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.